This is another MP3 podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle, Australia. This is 2NURFM's Finance and Barry Preston is speaking with Terry McCran on the state of the Australian economy. You know, it was only about three months ago our Treasurer confirmed that the January-March quarter uh, growth was a negative due to the national, uh, the national disasters, but things would get much better in the June quarter. However, uh, reading through the, the uh, things that you do read, building approvals are down, Australian Chamber, Chamber of Commerce and Industry shows business confidence and conditions slumped in its, to its lowest level in 13 years. Sales, as you say, with uh, retail and profits are slipping. Um, and the mining boom again, as you said, seems intact. Now, we've got to be positive, but the evidence isn't pointing that way in a lot of cases. Well, you're right, Barry. There's a lot of... That's exactly right. Right across the non-resources side of the economy, there are these signs of weakness. Um, And, you know, the Reserve Bank is sensitive to this. And the other factor which is also going to come into play is sort of unusually, we're now getting the budget tightening, Mm. uh, which is... Uh, we're still going to run a deficit this year, but it's going to be smaller than last year. So that that also has an impact on activity when the government is is cutting, if you like, uh, uh, tightening its belt. Uh, all of that's going to play to this. So yes, uh, I mean, and that's before we start talking about the international environment. So yes, there are very strong signs across the economy of weakness, and um, uh, if this persists. Uh, we won't have an inflation problem. Uh, and then you might even start to think about the Reserve Bank cutting interest rates. Mm, I've even heard that. Hmm. Look, I also hear from a number of wage earners and business people that they are lacking confidence in the political arena. Isn't public confidence a major factor in a strong economy? Oh, absolutely, Barry. That's true. I mean, you know, it's bad enough if you've got to deal with the complexities of the economy if you're a business and all the pressures you face, the competitiveness you face. A strong dollar for a lot of businesses all makes life difficult. If you add on to that uh, lack of confidence in, in good government, uh, which I think applies on two levels, Barry. One is uh, the just the bad policy stances adopted by the government across the board, and we're going to see a most horrendous stupidity come out on Sunday with the carbon tax. And on the other level, this, uh, this, this mess with the, uh, the fact that we don't have a, uh, a majority government that's got to deal with not only the, uh, the Greens now, but also this gaggle of independence, uh, also makes it very difficult, even if the government was able to have a strong vision, to actually do anything. Mm, interesting. Now, the beef industry, I heard this morning that uh, everything is heading back to normal, but... Uh, the cancellation of those uh, licenses or the live export market is going to have a big flow-on effect. Now, I suppose that will have a flow-on effect in the local market as well as the international market, even though it's been uh, supposed to be getting back on track now. Well, yeah, well, except it's not going to get back back on track, Barry. I mean, what we've had is, is another example of the, of the chaos and failure in the government, the federal government, that it slapped on this ban a month ago and now it's going back to what it should have done then, which is to only penalise the abattoirs in Indonesia that are not uh, doing, the, doing the proper thing, uh, instead of penalising all of them. And it's seriously damaged our relationship with Indonesia. It's seriously damaged our beef trade long term. And as you say, it also is going to have spillover effects into the local market, in, in, into the domestic market. So... 
all, all for nothing, really. And um, we, we're back to where we should have been a month ago with all this damage and wreckage that uh, is not going to be cleaned up or, or, or fixed easily. And during the removal of those uh, exports to Indonesia, I believe the people from Brazil were knocking on their doors now, also America. This could have a, f- uh, a terrible effect because don't they have foot and mouth disease over there? Well, exactly, Barry. The, uh, you know, I can't comment on the foot and mouth. Yes, it, it is prevalent. We, we, we tend not to have it in Australia, mm. um, and uh, we're very lucky on that respect. Uh, but it goes to another big issue, Barry, the, the complete inability of the Gillard government to understand that we do live in a global competitive environment so that if we don't perform, somebody else is going to jump in and take our markets. Uh, and exactly the same thing applies to the carbon tax. There's no, the complete inability to understand that if we impose this heavy burden, this heavy cost burden on industry and on consumers, the rest of the world are just laughing at how stupid we would be and they'll, they'll be very happy to uh, undercut us and to take our markets. You're listening to Finance. We certainly are. We're talking with uh, Terry McCann, one of Australia's best-known journalists, and the hot topic at the moment of course is the carbon dioxide tax now a number of listeners and clients have asked if the tax is introduced and it's riddled with complexities i mean by this this one pays you don't pay etc etc you get a refund etc the cost of monitoring that from a bureaucratic point of view is going to be horrendous isn't it well exactly barry i think we've seen reports this morning that the setup cost, what it's going to cost to set the thing up in the first place, is going to run into some billions of dollars, not millions of dollars, billions with a B, and that's the initial cost, and then we've got the ongoing cost of, of managing it, and that's the cost that the taxpayer pays uh, through the government. And then in addition to that, you've got the tax, obviously the cost of individual businesses and so on. And um, it's most graphic in the case of petrol where uh, the... The um, the government um, has said it's going to exempt uh, certain players from paying the petrol tax, the carbon tax on petrol, but not others. So I don't know how that's going to work when you pull up at the petrol pump and you have to um, identify yourself or your vehicle, and it's just going to be a complete horrendous mess. That's a very small part of it, Barry. Mm. And also a listener mentioned that she'd read an article that the Australian coal-fired power stations will be taxed in producing our electricity increasing cost of course but the coal we export export to produce overseas countries electricity will not be taxed is is that true or we really don't know of course but is that an indication exactly barry that's exactly it that's this i mean if you take a step back the the sort of crazy insanity and that's a double use of the word but it, it, it seems so appropriate on the one hand we say that this coal fired power we have in australia is terrible it's wicked we've got to get rid of it uh, we've got to stop the carbon emissions. And in the other sense, then, therefore, deprive Australians of cheap, reliable power. And on the other hand, we say we just want to sell more and more coal to China and to Korea and places like that so they can use it in their power stations to get cheap, cheap coal-fired power. I mean, it's just, it sort of defies logic. And this is coming from the government, and this is coming from the Prime Minister, who you, you, you in times past, you would expect to be actually providing rational leadership and it's something so basic as that there's this complete contradiction you did mention petrol uh, for small cars and trucks and so forth i had heard many transport people talking that they move australia not in small trucks but big trucks so if they're going to be taxed obviously they're going to pass that on down the track 
Um, well, exactly, Barry, exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think people appreciate this is far worse than the GST in the sense that there, although there might pretend to be some exemptions, there are no exemptions. Uh, it's going to flow through into everything because, as you say, the cost of trucking is going to increase and that covers, that feeds into everything. It feeds into supermarkets, it feeds into into hospitals, it feeds into everything. And uh, hospitals are going to have to pay more for their power. Doctor surgeries are going to have to pay more for their their power and 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 uh, all the the stuff that they use. So it's going to feed in. There will be no exemptions. The price of education, the price of medical care, the price of everything will have to go up. Getting off the carbon tax or the carbon dioxide tax, foreign ownership of Australian farming properties. Obviously, that's uh, been in the news a lot lately, and. Uh, this is the subject that uh, it's been talked about for quite some time, but no one seems to know who own, owns what. But the food, uh, the Australian food industry seems to be under pressure because a lot of our food industries are being taken over by foreign companies and land well, right. where we produce it. You're right, Barry. I think. I mean, this is a very, very complex issue uh, because basically we want foreign investment. But on the other hand, we do want to maintain control of our basic infrastructure, our basic property and uh, and the food production, which is vital. I mean, one of the great benefits of Australia is not simply being a great export uh, provider for, for food products, but being self-sufficient in food. And uh, we don't want to get to a situation where uh, we can't control that process. Now, it's it's something that the government has turned a blind eye to. It's, it's sort of hoping it would go away, but it's clearly not going to go away because if you think about it very simply, the Chinese have the money now and there's awful there's also an awful lot of them and they want to also secure their food supply so uh it's going to be an issue that's going to just get more and more significant as we go forward and the the government is showing no ability to respond to it or to have any sense of uh of how it should approach it but one could blame both governments on this couldn't they oh absolutely barry i mean Mm. this is not just the the current government but Mm. it's the current governments that uh that's got to deal with it or try to deal with it. Um, and uh, I would hope that there would be some process where we can get some sort of bipartisan approach to, to this whole issue. And who owns what? Terry, look, on behalf of the listeners of 2NURFM 103.7, we'd like to thank you very much indeed in bringing us up to date. And we'll keep you posted and have you back very soon telling us what's happening all over again. Keep safe. My pleasure, Barry. All the best. Thank you. Terry McCran, noted economics journalist.